Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friend Jake gives you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. You can follow my friend Jake on Twitter at my friend underscore Jake. Today is Monday, August 1st, 2022, and this episode covers all today's Major League Baseball games. In case you're new here, I've built a mathematical model for win probability and totals using hitter and pitcher projections I've created along with weather data. In order to make one side pick and one total pick on every game that's played Monday through Sunday, though there are no Sunday shows. That doesn't mean I recommend you the same as my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why the model or I like a certain play in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with us or against us before investing your hard-earned money. Once I go through my plays, remember there are no locks in gambling, so I'll give you our loves, likes, and leans to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to still be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, we're, we're into August. Uh, it feels like the trade deadline should be today. That it's tomorrow just throws me off. I don't know about you, and it's at 6 p.m. Eastern yeah. time, I believe. Yeah, it's weird. I don't, I don't I, I, yeah, I I feel like um, you know, you know, you know. For years, it's been July 31st, and if July 31st fell on you know, a weekend, you just pushed it to like, you know, the, the Monday after or whatever. And I'm thinking like, okay, like Monday, today, you know, middle of the afternoon, we'll know. And then all of a sudden we have today's and tomorrow's. And, and I feel like that makes it a little bit up in the air with some of these weaker teams that might sell, trying to make picks in the morning. It's kind of like, are these teams going to look the same by the time they play tonight, right? Yeah. Or, or like, do they hold somebody out? Because, yeah. you know, they don't want to risk the injury or something crazy happening. Yeah. So I, I it's kind of puts a weird spin on it, especially when rosters expand here soon too. So it's yeah, it's, it's I don't know. But, I mean, do you think Otani's going? I would assume Otani doesn't go. I, you know, uh, the more I th- when you, when you think about that situation, like I can't imagine any situation the Angels could be in next year that's better than Trout, Otani, Ward, and anybody they can sign has to be better than whatever they would get for Otani, right? Uh, yeah, but I mean. Here they are with two of the greatest baseball players possibly ever and can't figure out how to make the playoffs. Every single year, it seems like. Uh, and I guess the big one, of course, is Soto. Um, yeah. You know, the talk was they were going to make him another, like, one last offer. And if not, they were going to look to trade him if he didn't accept it. And I don't I don't know exactly where that is now. Maybe by the time you watch this, maybe we'll have some more information. I feel like the next uh, 30-ish hours, 32 hours, whatever, are going to have – just a lot of information flying left and right. A lot of rumors. A lot of make sure if you're on Twitter, make sure you find the people with the check marks, right? Not the <laughs> not the people with the like blue weird symbols, but the actual check marks, so you don't fall for the fake rumors. But uh, I'll try to retweet anything that seems relevant, trade action wise, the things that are happening tonight. Um, there seem to be a lot of pieces on the move, a lot of lesser pieces, which don't matter as much. But then some of those big guys, um, obviously, you know, if if, if Otani accidentally gets moved or Soto or something like that, that could really change the landscape of things. <laughs> That'd be wild, wouldn't it? Yeah. Now, I love the fact that they're going to make him one more offer after they, <laughs> they're going to fly and coach to the home run derby. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, he rejected their final offer, and so they said, screw you, and we're not even going to send our, our private 
private jet out to the all-star game and oh no but we'll come back and make one more offer and I, I, who knows who knows how much of this is all real right you know who much is who knows who's leaking what and and who's using what for leverage uh the, the whole the whole situation with the nationals has just gotten every day it seems like something bonkers and new with that team yeah yeah all right, well, before we get to today's slate, some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you're on YouTube, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And the only way is when you turn notifications on to ensure you don't miss any college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. Share with a friend if you know others in the game. Hit us up on Twitter or drop a comment if you're on YouTube. We love those and try to respond to as many as we can. We've also partnered with Horse Racing Today. If you like to play the ponies, you can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. They're a team of five with over 125 years of combined experience in handicapping horse races. There's an angle they don't know or bias they can't identify. Check out their YouTube videos or their website. The links are in the description. No afternoon games today. We're going to start off with 540 Eastern Time. Or 6.40 Eastern Time, Reds at the Marlins. It looks like Jesus Lazardo is going to start tonight for the Marlins. They've had a couple of... Uh, pitcher shuffling with Rogers going down um, really just trying to it feels like finish up the season at this point things have not done well for the Marlins uh, you know high hopes a lot of potential just hasn't quite manifested of course the chisel injury has been big with that so no line yet because that's not been confirmed assuming it is Lizardo against Hunter Green for the Reds the model says this should be Marlins as slight favor it's kind of a coin tossy type game games in Miami so give the Marlins a little bit of an edge the model says a total of 7.5. Green has a 5.59 ERA. Advanced metrics say it should be one run better than that. So Green seems pretty average. Lazardo in his six outings this year, a 4.03 ERA. Advanced metrics say about a half run better than that. He grades out a little bit above average. This is a baseball game that you really only watch if you have money invested in it because this is going to be some pretty terrible baseball, in my opinion. Jake, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, it's, it's not one making my list. I've got other things I'll do at this point. Before I watch this, I mean, some of those include like running errands at like grocery store and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, but, but I mean, Lazardo, I, I would stay away from this game no matter what because I mean, it's Lazardo's first game back in what two, two, three months at this point. Something like that, yeah. And so it's like you, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. And I feel like uh, Hunter Green gets just bad luck. You know, like you said, their advanced metrics have a whole run. That's that seems pretty significant for that yeah. whole ERA, and that's just terrible luck so i kind of feel for the guy but it's i don't know not good baseball yeah and like you said there's still a lot of variability with both of these pitchers green's a guy who can go out there and look really good at times and then like you said just some bad luck or you know a couple bad pitches and all of a sudden give up a ton of runs of course the marlins really struggle to score runs uh with lazardo he can go out there and look fantastic but how deep is he going to go and just that first start back you never know what you're going to get from him so definitely a lot of question marks in this one uh it's always said when that early game gets started and you're just like yeah, I don't really care about it. I feel like that first game going, I want to I want to be a little more invested than we, we'll probably be in this one. But uh, tweet out a pick on that one later once we get an official line and update the Google Sheet with a play. 7-5 Eastern first pitch Mets at the Nationals. It'll be mid-80s to start in Washington, around 80 degrees to finish. Winds will be blowing out, but only about 5 miles an hour, maybe under. So no wind effect there. Max Scherzer versus Patrick Corbin. Um, Scherzer, of course, is fantastic. The advanced metrics say maybe not quite as good at 2.09 ERA, but obviously he's a really good pitcher. And even if that's the case, he's still a top top 10 pitcher for sure, maybe top five. Patrick Corbin, not a top 10 pitcher, not a top 50 pitcher, not a top 
I don't know how deep you'd have to go. Six forty nine ERA. Now again, I keep saying with him, the advanced metrics are not as unfriendly to him. But I keep saying that, and then he'd been kind of looking a little bit more competent. And then last start just gets destroyed in that first inning. But the underlying metrics do say his ERA should be in the mid four. So the model still thinks he's not terrible. It's hard to say exactly, you know, is he bet- somewhere? He's somewhere between average and really awful. And I don't know where the truth is. And every once in a while, he looks more average. And every once in a while, he looks like the worst pitcher in baseball. Mets have a massive edge here with the starting pitcher. They have a massive edge in the bullpen. They have a massive, massive edge on offense. The model says it should be Mets minus 221. This price is just too steep to get excited about. I'll take the Mets at minus 228. But I don't think there's really any value on it. I think you're laying just such a huge price. For a game, the Mets should win. But baseball's weird sometimes. No one would have expected the Royals to win last night, especially no one would have expected a ninth any comeback from the Royals or yesterday. Um, so weird things happen in baseball, so just be careful with laying big prices. I'll take the Mets, but it's not one I want to be that invested in. I do like this under 8.5, though. It's a B-grade pick for me. The model says 8.3. If Corbin is anything but terrible, this should stay under. That's your, of course, big fear. That's the reason it can't get an A-grade, because if Corbin's terrible and gives up eight runs, you know, or seven runs or whatever, we're in a lot of trouble here. But otherwise, I don't see this Nationals offense scoring against Scherzer, especially if the Nationals end up playing tonight, which is very possible without maybe Josh Bell, without Nelson Cruz, without Juan Soto. I don't see them hardly scoring anything. So I think this is a lower scoring contest. But like I said, I just can't give it an A grade because Corbin going against the Mets might give up nine runs himself. So I like the under, but it's not one that gets to that A grade to me. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, this should be the Mets. It's too high of a price for me to play it because – you said weird things happen, but I—I uh, I mean, you've got to think the Nationals have pretty much given up on this on the year with Soto being traded, most likely. And I mean, I guess the only motivation is tryouts to maybe go with him, like, like, hey, look, we can grab this guy too. He's playing well, uh, but other than that, I don't see the Nationals doing much. And I, I'm not going to play the under because I get so nervous with Corbin on the mound yep. that he'd get, yep. he could kill it in the first inning, but. Yep. It's, it's not a bad play because you know the, the Nationals aren't going to score more than one, maybe two on on the Scherzer. Right. So it's, as long as you can get that 6-2 to two game, you're good. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think the Nationals will play hard. It's just, especially if those, if any of those three guys are traded today um, or are, they give a night off just because they don't want them to get hurt before they can trade them tomorrow – you know, they'll play hard, but they aren't that good, right? It's like you can play hard. All you, you know, I could go out there and play hard, and I'm not getting a hit off a of Scherzer. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of what I think will happen with a lot of these guys. You know, they've, they've got three bats that are decent, but beyond that, that offense is just terrible. Yeah, it, it's – oh, man, it's so bad. And I don't – like, you got to think they had some hopes coming into the year with yeah. like Robles and Soto. They signed Nelson Cruz and Josh mm-hmm. Bell. You're thinking Corbin's going to be okay. You're like, ooh, we get Strasburg back. Maybe we – then it's just not. Strasburg made it what three innings this year? Yeah, one much. Yeah, yeah. He, the the, the Nats just got in that weird like purgatory type realm, right? With Strasburg just never being able to stay healthy. Corbin really falling apart after that uh, World Series run they had, and the rest of the bats not coming through. It's like they had some hope there, but it just never seemed. You know, they could never really get over that hump, and instead it's just snowballed. Uh, it's kind of, you know, torpedoed negatively for him. It's, it's kind of sad, though. You went from being on top of the world with that World Series run to immediately at the bottom. Yep, yep. 705 Eastern first pitch Mariners at the Yankees. It'll be mid-upper 70s throughout the night. Wind staying under five miles an hour. Maybe slightly out at first, but then blowing across at the end, so no wind effect here. And a 
kind of chilly for July night standard, not even getting into the 80s here for the first pitch. Marco Gonzalez versus Domingo Herman. Gonzalez continues to outperform his metrics. I don't think he's that good, but I don't think he's probably quite as bad as the model thinks. Herman's really struggled in his two starts this season, but still gets an average rating based off of historical data. I'm going to take the Mariners here at plus 164. The model thinks it should be a price of 140, so it says there's a lot of value in the Mariners. It says the Yankees at a price like minus 180 is absolutely absurd. The Yankees have such a good offense, of course, and the Mariners' offense takes a ding without Rodriguez as they now uh, project closer to league average. But their bullpen is probably better than the Yankees at this point. Gonzalez is not really – it's hard to say between Gonzalez and Herman who you really have more confidence in. So, I mean, you've got maybe a wash with regards to the pitching. Yankees have an edge on offense, but that doesn't really justify a price like minus 180, in my opinion. I think the Mariners of plus 164 offer some value. It's a B-grade pick for me. I think they got a chance to get it done. And with regards to the total, models is 8.8. I'll go under 9, but it's not one I like a lot. I think this is priced fairly well. I think it's a little bit chillier of a night. Both these relievers are good. I expect both starters to have a really quick hook and get out and get to the bullpens quickly, which I think probably is more advantage to the under in this one. But with that Yankees offense, it's hard to be too confident about the under. So I'll take a flyer on the under, but my main play here is the Mariners, plus 164 with a B grade. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I'm riding the Mariners with you. I think they just seem to have that little bit of magic going right now for anybody not named the Astros. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not a big Herman fan. I, I kind of lean more Gonzalez here as a better pitcher, but I mean, that's splitting hairs with the way these guys are throwing at the moment. Uh, but I, I just, I don't know. There's something about this Mariners team. I don't have any like stats or any like logic to back it up. It's just, you know, sometimes you got that gut feeling. It's just, man, I, I don't know. I like, I like the run they're on. This will probably come back to bite me, especially in New York, but I like the Mariners. <laughs> Well, and it's, I mean, it's, I always talk about, right? It's all about the price. You know, if you were giving me plus 120 on the Mariners and say there's no way that doesn't offer a lot of value, it's a situation we always talk about. The, the Yankees are probably more likely to win this game than not, but we, we have to, I said it, I don't know, probably about six weeks ago. And if you check out those last six weeks or so, if you just blind back the Yankees every single night, you'd be down money at this point. And that's the thing is you just got to be careful with these big prices. You got to zig and zag and try to find the right spots for them. And it's the same thing with the run line. If you just blind back them on the run line, you'd be negative as well because they're just they're really good, but they're being priced as if they're, uh, you know, just a little bit better than I think they are. They're a good team, but their pitching depth is really potentially going to hurt them. And it's kind of hurt them here with Herman. It's hurt them with Cole not going, you know, not looking as strong. Um, gave up a ton of runs to the Royals yesterday, which I feel like is never exciting. You know, <laughs> that Royals offense. Um, you know, they could have easily lost. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And they, they could have easily lost three of those four games to the Royals, which has to make you a little bit nervous. Again, the Yankees are still really good. It's just this Mariners team is pretty good, too. I've been saying it all along. I don't know what else there's to say about the Mariners other than this is just too much disrespect. Again, the Yankees, the model thinks are 58% likely to win, but if they win this game 58 times out of 100, the Mariners plus 164 offers pretty good value for us. So Jake and I are both on the Mariners there in that one. 17 Eastern first pitch, Guardians at home against the Diamondbacks. We're going to start off around 80 degrees. We're going to close in the mid-70s. The winds will be blowing out at about 10 miles an hour to start and then shifting more across as the game moves on. That's why this total is inflated up to nine. Zach Davies versus Cal Quantrill. Both pitchers, ERAs near four, advanced metrics a little bit less friendly on them. 
Both these guys are okay, but neither one of them is great. Of course, the Guardians have a better offense and much better relievers. I'll take the Guardians here at minus 148. I think it's an A grade here. The model thinks it should be Guardians minus 169. I don't know what else to say other than I don't think the Diamondbacks are very good. I think this Guardians team is good enough. I'll take Quantrill over Davies any day. Even though the model thinks they're the same, I still like Quantrill more. I like this Guardians bullpen more. I like this Guardians offense more. It's it's a pretty easy one for me. Like I said, I think this number should be a lot higher than this. And with regards to total, I'll go under 9 with a B grade. Model says 8.9, but I just don't think this win's going to help that much because I just don't think these Diamondbacks bats are very good. I don't think they score very many runs. I think the Guardians win this one something like 5-2. to two. So I think the Unders are pretty solid investment at 9. You get that push protection on 9. Getting to 10 seems difficult in my opinion. But I, like I said, I love the Guardians as well, especially at a price like minus 148. Jake, what do you got for us? Yeah, this is probably the game I'm most heavily invested in. I'll probably play both, but I'm definitely playing the Guardians at home here. Like this is the Diamondbacks, like after Gallon and Kelly – None of the pitchers really scare you, and yep. the Guardians have a really good offense at times, especially when Naylor's playing. And I think he's back because I think he more sat out against the lefty than he did for the ankle mm, uh, okay. yesterday. But, um, so it's I, and then Loy Quan's batting with Ramirez right behind them. They're they're very very good at home. <laughs> Their pitching kind of lets them down, but uh, I think they'll be a very easy win and. I, like you said, I don't think they get the 10 at all. Yeah. I don't know that play this 100 games that they get the 10 10 times. But <laughs> I just, this is a fun game to be invested in. Yep, yep, I agree. I agree. Lots of angles on this one. Like I said, they'll look at tonight a handful of times, but, you know, we push there. That's no big deal. I think more times than not, it probably sticks to under. And I'm with you at the, 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 the Diamondbacks. Just, I don't think they're in the same class as the Guardians. The Guardians, ain't, they aren't, they're great. Um, but they're they're a solid team. They're an average team, and the Diamondbacks are anything but that. Uh, it just seems like a really really low price for the Guardians being at home, a team who's really still fighting you know hard every day. Where the Diamondbacks, like you said, beyond Gallon and Kelly, just not really much to show. Yeah, and I mean, for some reason that division, the Guardians are still in it because that division is just wild. Um, the Diamondbacks are pretty much done. So. You wonder if they're if anybody if they I don't think they should I don't think they should be selling at the deadline I think they've got some pieces <laughs> to do like the Diamondbacks they just gotta put some more of it together but uh, it's just I, I think the Guardians are just a much better team right now any of the expiring contracts I guess is the are the guys they and they they already moved Peralta but I'm not sure that was like a big loss that's the thing they don't have really anybody on offense that scares you they don't have you know it's not like the Nationals where the Nationals are like hey yeah if they lose like Josh Bell like that's a that hurts their offense a lot, you know, makes them even worse. The Dimebacks, if they trade any of their offensive players away, I mean, you got Marte really is the only one, but I assume they'll keep him. I assume they'll keep him too. I think both those guys are under contract long enough. And Rojas, I think Rojas's biggest advantage is his versatility. Um, You know, but yeah, beyond, beyond Marte, it's just not a lot of great offense. They expected more from a lot of guys that it just hasn't come, come through. Um, Yeah. This Guardians team, I think, um, Average Diamondbacks, not average. <laughs> and they should get us a winner tonight. 740 Eastern first pitch Tigers at the Twins. Talking about that AL Central. It'll be 80 degrees in Minnesota to start, mid-70s to close. No wind effect here. Tariq Skubal 
versus Aaron Sanchez is the projection here. Scooball, of course, pretty good pitcher. 367 ERA, underlying metrics say it should be a half run better. Rates out as an 84, according to the model. Aaron Sanchez, I'm treating this more as a bullpen game. Don't really know what to expect from him. Don't expect good things. Expect the bullpen to be fairly heavily involved uh, here in his first start. And I can't even tell you how long it seems like. Um, assuming this is the matchup, the model says Twins minus 128, that the Tigers, of course, will have an edge with regards to the starting pitcher. And the bullpens are probably a wash, maybe even slight advantage Tigers, but of course the Twins being at home and a massive edge offensively. says even with Sanchez throwing, the Twins should be slight favorites. Uh, of course, by the time you watch this, there might be a line out on it. And of course, uh, when that happens, we'll make an official pick on it. Uh, model says total should be eight. The Twins should be slight favorites here at home. Scooball's good, but can't score any runs for the Tigers, which is oftentimes their problem. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I just don't think the Tigers can score enough to keep up here. I mean, because if, if they let in three, they have a hard time getting to the three yeah. different points. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be tough. But here's a fun question for you. If you're Scooball, do you think you uh, would – how hard would it be not to have a screwball in your arsenal? <laughs> I, I feel like you'd really have to try it, right? Just because the name effect, yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. just like, that's what I would do. Just, I mean, even if you throw it once in, in a blue moon, like just to say you have it. Right, right, exactly. It'd be like it'd be like the guys who randomly will throw an EFIS pitch in like yeah. an eight to two ball game or something. Yeah, just yeah. be like, I've I've thrown it. We can put it on Sports Center, right? <laughs> Scribble with the screwball. Yeah, yeah, I like it. That's how you do it. I don't know if those guys <laughs> think like that, but that's how my mind works. I mean, baseball. Like as a, as a you know as a former baseball player myself, there's a lot of downtime. I'm sure. Many people have said these things to him because just, there's not a lot to do. And you just, especially when you're pitching and, and it's not your day, I mean, you're just hanging out, just shooting the breeze. I mean, I, I'm sure this comes up like all the time, think, you know, nonsense like this. Because what else are you talking about, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, at some point, it's like, it's like those baseball announcers, like when they're good. Like, oh, yeah. They're, they're just pulling stuff out of the, out of the sky here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, 805 Eastern first pitch, Orioles at the Rangers. Spencer Watkins versus John Gray. The Rangers have a massive edge here pitching. The model does not like Watkins whatsoever. He does have a 403 ERA, but the underlying metrics say it should be uh, closer to five. John Gray, on the other hand, rates out as an 87, a 362 ERA. The underlying metrics say it should be a little bit better than that. I really like the Rangers' edge here with regards to the starter. I think their offense still is a little bit better than the Orioles' offense, which can struggle at time. Of course, Orioles have that really good bullpen, and that's the thing is that for the Rangers to win this one, they're going to really need to get up early and hang on because if this is tight late, you have to really think it's advantage Orioles with that Rangers bullpen. The Rangers got a win late yesterday. Of course, their bull, they were going against an Angels bullpen that's just as bad as theirs. That's not the case with this Orioles bullpen that's been fairly, you know, pretty fantastic all season long. I'll take the Rangers at minus 155. Just a lean, though. The model says minus 153. I think this game is priced pretty well, and I don't want to go too hard against this Orioles team that still plays fairly well despite uh, a couple of poor outings here over the weekend. Um, again, I think John Gray is the difference maker here, but this price is just too high to get really excited about with regards to the Rangers. But I'll take the over 7.5 with a B grade. The model thinks it should be 8. The model thinks the Rangers can score some runs off of Watkins. I tend to agree. I don't think he's that good. I'm not sure how much the Orioles will score off of Gray, but I think they can score off the Rangers bullpen. Seems like a game that the Rangers get up, you know, four to two. And then at some point there's some runs late, you know, maybe Rangers up five to two. Orioles can get a couple runs late. Maybe they pull it off. I think the Rangers maybe win this one kind of like five to four where they just escape with the victory. 
So like I said, I think the Orioles can score off that Rangers bullpen. I think the Rangers can score off a Watkins. I really like this over seven and a half. Again, I think this number should be eight. And so I think we're getting some value here because if it gets to eight, we win instead of just push. Be great play for me on this over. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I think this this one was priced pretty well. Staying away from the the Rangers or like I think it's priced right on the head where it should be. So that I don't see much value there. And then like with the from the over, I just I can't pull the trigger on it because I like what you said. Like I mean, if the Rangers bullpen if they get into that, if the Orioles can get into that early, they they can put up a ton of runs, but. Also, the Orioles' offense can disappear yeah. at times if they're not getting inside the park home runs off somebody's <laughs> uh, Like So I, I don't know. It just makes me a little too nervous. So I'm not pulling the trigger on this one. But if I were to play anything, it would be the over. Yeah, yeah definitely underpriced. But I'm with you. There's a little bit of a fear. The Orioles really struggled to score some runs uh, in Cincinnati this last week in a place they should have had, a, 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 you know, should have scored a lot. And they weren't able to quite do that as much as we thought they might. And so, like you said, the Soros offense could really disappear. And I think they're going to struggle off of Gray. Um, it's really the, the biggest question is how deep John Gray goes. If, if Gray goes, you know, seven innings, you have to like the Rangers a little bit more. And that price doesn't scare you off as much. And the over looks a little bit shaky. But if they can get to the, uh, to the Rangers bullpen a little bit earlier, that over looks a little more enticing. And that Rangers pick looks a little bit steep. That's kind of what the model thinks. The model thinks Gray... Is going to be able to go five, six innings, but going to have a harder time going seven. The key for the Orioles is really driving his pitch count up and getting him out because then it gets to a lot, a lot more favorable matchups when they get to the bullpen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's and you know they both. If we're able to call that out, you know both these teams know that. So yeah, you yeah. know what I mean, that strategy going in, trying to make him throw a lot of pitches, and he's he's trying to get out early. It's going to be yeah. Interesting watch to see what's going on. Maybe not yeah, the best game to watch, watch, but to keep up with. Yeah, and, and, and you're right. That's the strategy for a, a lot of these teams, right? You know, the Rangers, the Angels, when their better pitchers are throwing, uh, you know, the Diamondbacks with Kelly and Gallon. Right now, it's harder to do off those guys. But I mean, you know what the game plan is on these teams with weak relievers is, hey, we might not score off this guy, but we got to drive the pitch count up. It's obviously easier said than done, right? And of course, the pitchers are the same thing. They think, hey, we've got to pound the strike zone and try to get out of here early. You know, not not nibble around the plate, maybe. Uh, so it's 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 we you know we know the strategy. That's why it's fun to watch and see how it plays out because it's it's never exactly as easy as it, as it seems for the, for you to execute that 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 game plan. Yep. Eight ten Easter first pitch Red Sox at the Astros. Nathan Eovaldi versus Luis Garcia. Uh, both of these pitchers, uh, advanced metrics say the ERA should be in the upper threes. Garcia's had better results so far this season. Both these guys rate out at pretty good pitchers. Uh, the Red Sox offense still projects to be average, even though it's kind of a, in a little bit of shambles. The Astros offense, of course, is really good. And that's why I think this over eight is a little bit underpriced here. At plus 108 odds, uh, the model says the total should be eight, but at plus 108, that means that's pretty good value because it means we're 50% likely to get to eight or above. And at plus 108, that's a profitable play. So be great pick here on this over, over eight plus 108. It's pretty equivalent to an over seven and a half with some juice. I'd go over seven and a half as well. Uh, I think we, I think it's kind of like that last game. I think we've got a really good chance to get to eight. Again, both these pitchers are solid. Both these bullpens decent enough, but both of them kind of every once in a while have some holes. Uh, you know, I, I think the Red Sox can score a few runs. I think the Astros should score plenty, whether it's off Eovaldi or the bullpen. That offense is just really hard to slow down. But with regards to the side, I think it's priced fairly well. The model says it should be Astros minus 164. So really no value on either side, in my opinion. I'll take the Astros at minus 173. 
it's kind of some of the similar theories I have, you know, today and tomorrow, picking picks in the morning is just kind of like, if I don't know, I think it's kind of lean favorite. I, I don't mind taking an underdog, but if it's, if it's kind of in that middle, you just never know who might get traded. The Red Sox have emerged as sellers. There's a possibility they may trade Christian Vasquez across the, uh, you know, across the tunnel to the Astros. Uh, this rumor there is the Astros are in the market for another catcher. Um, a couple of their other guys have been talked about, you know, JD Martinez might get traded somewhere. Um, so when you start talking about some of these situations, the Red Sox might not have quite the same team tonight. So I kind of lean Astros, but minus 173 is just too steep of a price. This Red Sox team isn't bad. Um, they're just, they're, they're not living up to expectations. They're in a really tough division. They got a lot of injuries, you know, sale, the sale situation, you know, I mean, you, you know, you just got a lot going against them right now, but they're not a terrible team. Minus 173 is just too much to be that confident. So I'll take the Astros, but just a lean and hopefully the Red Sox don't trade too many of their bats away. We can still get to that over eight. Again, I love the plus 108 there. B grade play for me on that over. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I'm playing the over here. I like Evaldi, but this he he can give up with some runs. Like he, he's a very good strikeout guy, but he gives up. He can give up a lot of runs. And this Astros team, that's not a good combo going against this Astros team because they don't tend to strike out often, yeah. and then they tend to put up a lot of runs. And they tend um, to really work counts, and yeah. that can really wear on a guy like Evaldi. Yeah, so that I think that's going to be a big thing going on today. I, I think we'll get the over, and even even if they do trade some of their bats, I, I think that over is fairly safe because the the Astros can really just when it rains, it pours with them. And yep, they, yep. Feel like they safe. Yeah, the Astros could easily put up ten runs in this game. Obviously, it's not what you expect, but it's possible. Um, I, but yeah, I, I think they work the count on Evaldi. I think they make him you know frustrated throughout this game. And that, that seems like a situation where he doesn't go deep. The Red Sox relievers maybe have a hard time to get four or five clean innings in. Nashville should do their part. Red Sox just got to get a couple. We can get to this over. And again, at least push at worst case, right? Yeah, yeah, that, for sure. And I think it would be absolutely hysterical if they did trade Vasquez to the Astros and they just didn't <laughs> tell him until he was trying to get on the plane. Like, nah, man, you stay. <laughs> <laughs> Right at the at the yeah, unfortunately yeah, it's like if the trade deadline felt like the end of the series, right? It'd be perfectly like, oh no, you don't get to come with us, right? The trade deadline being in the middle of the series is kind of you know, not not as many fun jokes you can make, right? Yep. Uh, Eight ten Eastern first pitch Royals at the White Sox. Uh, low eighties to start, upper seventies to close. Winds will be blowing out at five to ten miles an hour uh, tonight in this one. Brad Keller versus Michael Kopech. Uh, Keller gets a better rating than Kopech does. Kopech's ERA is about a run and a half better than his underlying metrics. So the model does not really like what it's seen from him. Thinks it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. So Kopech's the guy I'm looking to fade one way or the other. And so I'll take the Royals here at plus 145 with a B-grade pick. I just think this number's too high. The model says White Sox minus 127. So it's either the Royals or pass for me on this one. Laying a price like minus 160 on the White Sox just seems bonkers. Um, again, I think that Keller's the better pitcher than Kopech. Uh, reliever-wise and offense-wise, of course, the White Sox have an edge, but it, it laying a price like minus 160 when the better pitcher is on the other team, I just can't get behind. Again, Kopech's ERA is good, but the advanced metrics, the projections, everything points to Keller being the better pitcher. And so because of that, like I said, I think it's Royals or pass. I think the Royals got a chance in this one. They win this game 44% of the time, according to the model, and a 44% winner at plus 145 in the long run profits for us. And I'll take the under nine with just a lane, though. I think this game is priced perfectly with regards to the total. The model says 8.9. I, I think nine is probably I mean, really the right number here. 
So I'll take a chance with the under in hopes that Keller can limit a White Sox offense that, as we all know, doesn't do as well against righties as lefties. But otherwise, I think the total is priced pretty well. But my main play here, taking a chance on the Royals at plus 145. I think they got a chance to pull it off, assuming they don't trade uh, anybody else. Of course, that's something to keep an eye on. Maybe you wait and pull the trigger later on this one until you feel pretty confident about their lineup. Uh, of course, with things these days, they may trade someone in the middle of the game. So you never really protected tonight on this one. Tomorrow you'll be a little more protected once uh, 6 o'clock Eastern hits, but you won't be tonight. Hopefully the Royals team t- stays intact. I think they got a chance. Like I said, I think Keller's the better pitcher, and that's to me the bottom line. He hopefully can keep them in this game and give them a chance to win. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the Royals here. Uh, I think, like you said, I've been watching this White Sox team just because they show up locally here a lot. And watching them struggle against the A's was kind of eye-opening and so I think the under is fairly safe because that offense doesn't show up. And I think Anderson just got suspended for three games. Is that he did? But I think he's a, he's appealed it. So he played okay. yesterday. Yeah. I assume he will. I assume the appeal will continue. Uh, so I assume he'll still be playing tonight. Yeah, yeah. I just I can't remember how long those appeals go sometimes. Uh, so, but I mean, if the chance that he's out, that offense really takes a hit. Uh, and so I think the Royals actually stand a decent chance here to to pull this one off. Yep, yep. I agree. Uh, 9.40 Eastern first pitch, Rockies at the Padres, mid-70s to start, low 70s to finish. Nice night in San Diego if you can get out to that one. Wind will stay five miles an hour or under. Antonio Sensatella versus Mike Clevenger. Clevenger, the better pitcher in this one by a small amount. The advanced metrics think Sensatella is better than his 4.90 ERA. Part of that's inflated, of course, because of pitching half his games in Coors. So an edge to the Padres with regards to the starting pitcher, of course, edge offensively, edge in the bullpen there at home. I'll take the Padres minus 192 with a B-grade pick. The Rockies, again, are a team that gets a little bit of a boost playing at home, but not on the road. The Rockies have played the Padres well this year, but I think it's a really small sample size thing. I'm not going to buy into what's happened in a handful of matchups uh, if we try to, you know, find every single pattern that exists. Most of this is random variation and people don't understand random variation. I just don't see the Rockies like owning the Padres this season. That that doesn't seem predictive. What seems predictive is the fact that Clevenger's a better pitcher of the Padres bullpen, even though it's not great, it's still better than the Rockies bullpen. Rockies offense really struggles away from course. The Rockies hit lefties better than righties. And of course, Clevenger's a righty. So, I mean, everything points to the Padres here. Minus 192 is not that steep of a price, in my opinion, for this one, so I'll take it. Only a B grade, though. Model says 202, so it's not enough edge to get that excited about, but it's one that I think the Padres probably win this game, and so we'd like to take advantage of a number that at least doesn't start with a 2. Once it gets up to a 2, then I think it's a lot harder to pull the trigger. And another game that I think the total is perfectly accurate here, Model says 7.4, so 7.5 with under at minus 113 is about what that says. I'll take that under with just a lean because, again, I don't trust these Rockies bats on the road. Padres have been winning lately in more lower-scoring games. But, I mean, I think this total is pretty perfect at 7.5. Eight's very possible. Seven's very possible. My main play here is just hope the Padres uh, can take care of business against a massively inferior Rockies team um, there in San Diego. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I think this game is uh, priced perfectly. I couldn't find any value on it, like – I think the Padres win, but I don't like the number. And then, the, like you just said, the over-underline, that's just not <clears throat> anything that I want to touch, especially with the way the Padres can randomly put one together and score a bunch of runs, but they tend to go under. And the Rockies being away from home, I don't trust them to score. So it's not a game that I'm, I'm going to be invested in 
I'm not not a game I'm really going to watch because I don't really care for either of these teams. I mean, it's just I mean, Clevenger's good, but there's nothing exciting about the Padres really. And then the Rockies are pretty much done this year too. So yeah. I, I don't I don't know. Just not not a game that I'm really going to care about tonight. Jake, what is your take on the Padres uh, City Connect uniforms? The pink and green highlighter. Have you seen? Have you seen those? Yeah, yeah. I, what, what's your What's your take on those? I like the uniform. I think okay. it looks good. I don't understand how it's City Connect. <laughs> I mean, it's I've been to San Diego a couple of times. It's a It's a nice place, but I don't walk through the streets and see a lot of like pink and green colors. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, like I, I don't know. Maybe someone can explain it to us. Maybe someone that's from there or something can explain how that relates. Uh, there, there's probably something that we're just missing. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I like the uniforms. I think they look good, but I was like, I, I just city connect hat yeah they're very loud that's for yeah. sure and uh i feel like they're very controversial i think i feel like people either love those uniforms or they hate them and i feel like there's not a lot of in between you know it's, yeah, yeah. uh they're they're definitely a little bit unique you know they didn't do like you know the astro city connect uniforms are just like navy shirts and navy pants and it's like or the, you know the white socks are just kind of like the um the you know black jerseys black pants it's just kind of like they didn't go anything they they, they went out there and a couple of like you know, boston went the, with the yellow and blue Boston with the yellow, right? Also very loud, right? So it's a, it's like some teams have really had some fun with it and gone very crazy. Uh, I think my favorite personally, though, uh, my personal favorite city connections are the Washington ones. I love yes. uh, the simplicity and I love the uh, the cherry blossom there. I think it's a, it's a very nice look. That's just my yeah. personal favorite. I, I totally agree. That's been my favorite too. 945 Eastern, we'll close off here. Dodgers and Giants, a banger of a game in my opinion. I got double A grades here on the on the Dodgers and the under. I love this matchup here. It'll be chilly in San Francisco like usual, around 60 degrees. Wind's blowing out. That's probably not going to affect things too much. Andrew Heaney versus Logan Webb. Heaney with a .47 ERA in four games. The advanced metrics do think that should be more like two and a half. Of course, he won't keep that ERA all season. Uh, but I like Heaney. I think he's a pretty good pitcher. I've been touting him all season. I think he's undervalued, and I think he gets a boost there going to um, uh, to, to the Dodgers. Uh, Logan Webb, of course, is good as well, and I think he's better than Heaney, but I don't think it's by that much. Uh, the Dodgers, of course, have an edge on offense. The Giants are very left-handed heavy, don't hit lefties as well, don't project as well against lefties. That gets their offense a little bit of a ding. And, of course, the Dodgers relievers, much better than the Giants relievers. Model says Dodgers minus 147. I think 134 is a fantastic price on the Dodgers. I think they go on the road and get the win. And I love this under as well. Model says 7.6. And I don't see the Giants really scoring much at all tonight. On top of that, you have the potential curse of Sunday Night Baseball. They aren't traveling, but just playing later, we've seen just some sort of lingering effects. If there are going to be any effects, it's going to affect the bats. I don't see the Giants scoring that many runs tonight. And Logan Webb is good enough that I don't see the Dodgers scoring that many. They'll, of course, score something on the bullpen, um, and that offense is fantastic. But Logan Webb's a good enough pitcher to keep this game respectable. I think the Dodgers are up something like, you know, two to nothing in the seventh inning. They maybe tack on a couple more, win something like four nothing. I think I think eight is way too high on this one. I love the under and I love the Dodgers here. Webb is good enough to keep it low scoring, but not good enough to win because, again, he's facing a pitcher in Andrew Heaney that I think is almost as good as he is and a guy I really like to back and I think is undervalued. Double A picks for me. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I'm all over the Dodgers. I know I'm doing that. The under is kind of a toss-up for me because the Giants bullpen terrifies me. But, I mean, the Dodgers, yeah. like Heaney, is very good. Um, the Dodgers have a great offense. They've got a good bullpen. They're, 
everything leads that way. I think they're way underpriced here. I think Logan Webb's name is carrying a little bit of more weight and driving that price down a little bit. But, um, man, um, I want to play the under. Everything leans the under. But watching them with the Cubs, who's, we know the mighty offense the Cubs have, give up what was, what was a five or six run ninth of the night and almost, and, and almost lose a game. Almost like, lost. outside On Saturday night, the Cubs came back and uh, I think they ended up losing by one. Um, the game that the Giants were cruising. Yeah, so it just scares me. So I want to pull that trigger. I just haven't yet, but I'm, I'm playing the Dodgers for sure. They're just the better team all around. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I, this price doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. The Dodgers are a team. We kind of always talk about with the Dodgers, Yankees, and Astros. They're teams that like are really good. Everybody knows they're really good, and so it's hard to find value. And so. Anytime the model says there's value, I feel like we just got to jump and jump hard. And it doesn't mean it doesn't mean it's always going to win. But the Dodgers have been one of our most profitable teams to back. Uh, I think really just behind the Mariners. Um, you know, like I said, everyone knows they're good, so you feel like their prices are usually inflated. I don't think this price is inflated at all. Um, like I said, I think people might look at Webb and Heaney and say Webb is light years better, but I don't think he is. Yeah, I don't think it's there yet. I mean. Give Heaney a year or two, and I think he's going to be right in that conversation with Webb. Yeah, he's just got to stay healthy and continue to pitch as up to his potential. Um, and yeah, I'm with you. I think he might be in that conversation where Webb again. Webb and Webb is good. Um, he's just in that second tier. You know, he's not in. You know, with you know with Sandy and with Verlander and with Scherzer, he's not up in that tier with those guys. You know. Yeah, it's just that that tier is just a different level. Yeah. Right. Right. Or Otani, Otani, another one. Of course, the way he's been pitching, you know. Yeah. Uh, all right, that'll wrap up my A picks here for you. I got the double A picks in the game. We just talked about Dodgers and the under, and then I've got Guardians at minus 148 at home against the Diamondbacks are my A plays for the day. Two games without lines yet, so I'll add picks on those. Maybe an A play there. Check Twitter and the sheet for that. Jake, any parting words for us on this Monday kicking off August? Not today. Just hoping, hoping the Braves – Pull some magic off of the deadline. But, yeah. I mean, they did last year. They got a whole new yeah. outfield course. So, I mean, who yeah. knows what they'll do this year, right? We'll see. We'll see. I have, I have faith in AA there. All right. That's all we have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. A reminder to check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link and more at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. I will see you tomorrow. And until then, remember... You can eat your betting money, but please don't bet you're eating money.